0: on my own this week, so I really can't mess this up. Uh, no, I'm sure I'll do fine. And someone will let me know if I don't anyway. So just relax and talk. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Speak Your Truth Now. This is officially episode five went on a short hiatus had to do some self-care and you know things are kind of crazy over here in california we're kind of in the bay area and so we've had fires and all kind of things going on so we're here we're doing fine everything's good but i definitely wanted to take the opportunity to make this episode about kamala harris and kind of the historical significance around her being nominated for VP on the Democratic ticket. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that. I just want to also say, you know, why I'm having this conversation. The podcast generally is about speaking out, having hard conversations, getting involved, pointing people to resources that they can use and engage in, and having y'all's voices on this podcast as well. So I really wanted to make sure that I stay with those themes, things that are sometimes hard to talk about. And I try to reach out to people and have conversations with them. And I think with Kamala Harris being in the news right now and her being a black female, I thought this would be a really good thing to talk about this week. So let's jump right into it. So as all of you know, by now, Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee for the president, uh, announced his running mate, Kamala Harris. Uh, It's something that a lot of people have been waiting on pins and needles to hear ever since Joe Biden promised that he would pick a woman as his VP, even during one of the Democratic debates. Of course, we've talked at length on the podcast about social injustice right now in America, and that has really heightened calls from a lot of individuals, you know, that are part of the Democratic Party, uh, you know, really calling for Biden to pick a female of color, specifically as his VP. So let's talk really briefly about the significance of a woman being on a ticket in 2020. Uh, So far in the history of politics in the U.S., there has only been three females on a major party ticket. So we had Democrat Geraldine Ferraro and in 84. Uh, Of course, Sarah Palin uh, in 2008. And now uh, Kamala Harris in 2020. Of course, we remember when Hillary ran for president in 2016, and was the female nominee for a major party. So Kamala Harris is the first black as well as South Indian female to be a VP on a ticket. So regardless of politics, this is definitely a moment for the history books. In Kamala's speech with Joe Biden several weeks ago, she did mention that she realizes she didn't get to the nomination on her own and that women before her paved the way to make it possible. And I think that was really important. I thought it was also interesting, some of the names that she mentioned. I kind of did some research and also found some information on Charlotta Bass who was a black woman who ran as VP on the progressive party ticket in 1952. So I did want to kind of point that out. The historicness of Kamala being on the ticket isn't deniable, uh, but black folks and the more progressive Democrats have differing views around Kamala based on her past history. So more to come on that. Also, side note, let's go ahead and get ready for the sexism and racism. I mean nasty and mean and disrespectful are some of the comments that we've already started to hear. These types of attacks are nothing new to a lot of women, and sadly, it's something that we've come to expect when women run for office. So just keep an eye on that. I'm sure that we'll be having some conversations around that between now and November. So since this podcast is about speaking your truth and having conversations with folks, I decided to have a quick conversation with some women of color about Kamala Harris. So let's just jump right into that. So I invited three lovely women to chat with us today on the show and of course, um, just wanted to say a couple of things. They're all related. And they are related to me. (laughs) They are all black uh, women and Puerto Rican women. And so I want to say, you know, welcome first, and thank you all for being a part of the episode on Kamala Harris. And I'd like to have you all go ahead and introduce yourselves to our listeners.
1: Hi, my name is Madeline Daniel, and I'm 55 years old. Hi, I'm Isabella, and I'm 14 years old.
2: Hi, my name is Marissa, and I am 20 years old.
0: So let's go ahead and jump in. Of course, we've all heard the news about Kamala Harris being the VP on the Democratic Ticket, and we'll go ahead and start with Madeline first. Can you tell us a little bit about what you know about Kamala Harris?
1: Okay, well, I really have not known anything about her until just recently when she was trying to run for president. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that she was born in Oakland, California. She's Black and South Asian. She is a qualified candidate, despite all the theories out there. Uh, she is unequivocally an American citizen. So that, yeah, that's what I know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Isabella?
1: Well, I first heard of her,
3: yeah, also when she uh, was running for president, she was very out- outspoken in the debates. I really liked that about her. And then I looked a little into her and I knew she was like an attorney general of some sort. And I agree with um, Malin. I agree that she is over she's qualified, and I think people should know that.
0: Yeah. What about you, Marisa?
2: Yeah, same Same with them. I kind of was introduced to her when she was running for president. Um, I haven't really looked that much into her. I know that she has some really strong views on climate change, which I think is really cool. And I think that there's a lot of people who may not like her for many different reasons, but I feel like everybody needs to do their own research because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things going around that may or not be true and that everyone should do their own research to know exactly who she is and her policies and the things that she believes in.
0: That's really great advice. Uh, so tell me your thoughts for all of you on Joe Biden And additionally, I know um, that we all agree Kamala is definitely qualified. But did you have any thoughts around the other females being vetted by the campaign along with Kamala?
1: Well, as far as Biden goes, I feel like he was maybe the best choice that we have as far as the Democratic ticket. They're familiar with him being that he was the vice president and I felt that he did a great job. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Kamala, right? Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. Um, I see her as being a strong, capable, accomplished and intelligent woman. I know that uh, I've heard some things as they were mentioning earlier that, you know, as a prosecutor and attorney general, that she had made a lot of mistakes, but I'm choosing to give her the benefit of the doubt. And I hope that she's learned from her mistakes And I feel that she is going to be um, a very good opportunity for this um, country to get away from everything that's been going on.
3: Personally, for me, I lean towards more of Bernie's views than Biden, but I still think that Biden is um, just as capable as Bernie. As for Kamala Harris, I do believe that she has made mistakes and... With a lot of people mention prison reform, that she's messed up in that area, too. And that's a big component of the one of the things we need to fix. But I still think we need to support her. And I still think she's still a strong, outspoken woman.
0: Great. What do you think, Marisa?
2: Well, on the topic of Biden, I don't he was not my first choice um, to go against Trump, but I still I will still stand by him (laughs) and (laughs) I think that Kamala was a good choice for him because I know there are some people who really wanted to see change and I think that her being a woman and her also being you know black a lot of people are really going to support that and I think he needed that on his on his team in order for him to succeed this election.
0: Great. Well, thank you all again for your time today and have a great one.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: I really enjoyed that conversation. So thanks a lot. Just some other interesting firsts, too. Kamala is not just the first black woman or the first South Indian woman to be VP. Um, She's the first daughter of immigrants, the first graduate of HBCU, the first member of an African-American sorority. So a lot of firsts. I think another thing that I really want to talk about, not only was having that conversation with women of color really interesting and important. But I also wanted to shine a light on the fact that more than 90% of Black women um, have cast their ballot for the Democratic candidate in the last three presidential elections. In 2008 and 2012, they had the highest turnout rate among all racial, ethnic, and gender groups. No other major demographic is as loyal to either party as Black people are to the Democratic Party, black women in particular. Black women have become increasingly organized, focused on supporting their communities, you know, making those meaningful changes for their community and their families at large. So let's take a quick moment to kind of talk more in depth about Kamala Harris, her past as a lawyer, prosecutor, some great things that she's done, some things that haven't been so great. Kind of see where people are coming from when you hear about the critiques she's definitely spent her career racking up a lot of firsts Uh, she was the first black woman to be elected district attorney in california first woman to be california's attorney general and first indian american senator a trailblazer for sure as a lot of people know she's from california she was born in oakland um, I believe she grew up kind of everywhere, Oakland, Berkeley, Midwest, Canada, etc. Her mother was South Indian, and her father was Jamaican, and they both met going to grad school, I believe, at UC Berkeley. Her succession through her career has been law school in San Francisco and beginning a career as a prosecutor in the Bay Area. So she worked as a deputy district attorney for Alameda County, then was recruited to run the career criminal unit. And that's really important in the San Francisco district attorney's office because she does reference her expertise in the criminal justice arena and knowing kind of how that system works inside and out. After that, she moved on to work at the city attorney's office before running for San Francisco district attorney, and then later on for California attorney general. When she was a San Francisco district attorney, and this was in the 2000s, the conviction rate jumped from 52% to 67%. So depending on your thoughts of the criminal justice system, that's an interesting um, statistic. She also had a couple of like really high profile um, mistakes in her career. While she was the San Francisco district attorney under her watch, a crime lab technician stole cocaine from the lab and her office failed to inform defense attorneys of this issue kind of in a timely manner. And we know crime lab run by the police But inevitably, she had to dismiss over a 1,000 drug-related cases because of the possibility of tainted evidence. So that's something that she was widely critiqued for at the time. And when she was California's Attorney General, she didn't support a bill that would hold police accountable for excessive use of force and requiring police officers to wear body cameras. Now, she would say her stance on that was that she wanted local authorities to handle those matters and didn't want to really take that power away. Another thing to kind of keep in mind, she did a great job in 2008 after the housing crisis in getting more money for Californian homeowners that were affected. When California was offered $4 billion, she managed to secure $20 billion, definitely a high point for her career at the time. She also created the State Bureau of Children's Justice. If y'all want to look a little bit more into that, you can see she did some really great progressive things. She did some other things that people may critique a little bit as well. And I think You know, when she's kind of been pressed on this, um, she would say that she's always stayed true to her values, that she has kind of adjusted as the political arena and, you know, the social arena has changed. You can definitely see from her time as a lawyer and now her time as a senator and running for president and now being on the ticket. She has definitely become more progressive. Now, is she as progressive as a lot of the progressives in Congress? No, but we've definitely seen a shift there. And so there's something to keep in mind. She was elected to the Senate in 2016 as the California junior senator. Of course, we have Nancy Pelosi as well from California. And she has been known as a ruthless interrogator. I mean, it's been really interesting to watch. Some of us may remember the Kavanaugh hearings uh, and the confirmation of Jeff Sessions. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. It's definitely entertaining. Of course, she's had this opportunity uh, by serving on the Intelligence Committee and Judiciary Committees in the Senate. She is known for being ruthless. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how she does in the debate against Mike Pence, you know, running for president, she seemed to run on a more progressive platform than some of the more moderate candidates, um, specifically Biden. And I think she would say that her politics have definitely gotten a little more progressive now, I think she was kind of flip-floppy on Medicare for All, and people have definitely pointed that out. Um, she kind of endorsed that, um, the Medicare for All that Bernie Sanders represented, and then kind of changed her mind on that. I'd be kind of interested to see what she's thinking now. But as we know, Bernie Sanders has been a part of the conversation around health care with the Biden campaign. So interesting to kind of see. I think that her campaign did have some drama in it. There seemed to be like some management issues. I know that her sister was involved and people think she was a little too much involved. She ended up dropping out of the race. um, Didn't see herself being able to sustain the campaign for much longer. We know that she endorsed Joe Biden once pretty much every other female um, and every other candidate was out of the picture. So now here we are with Kamala Harris as nominated VP for the Democratic ticket. So, you know, you can see why some people are part of the more progressive wing. Uh, women of color and people of color may take issue with her history of not doing enough about holding cops accountable. And, you know, the fact that she could have been more active in reforming the criminal justice system. I think what Madeline said in our conversation earlier is, you know, there's some truth to that. People can grow, people can change, and it seems that she has changed a little bit. I don't think that she would say that she's changed, but um, we can definitely see that she has had a different career uh, since being in the Senate. From listening to her speech early on and then her acceptance speech at the DNC, you know, just a couple of days ago. I think she's been very strong. And I believe that her speech the other night was a really strong speech. So in conclusion, was she my first choice? No. Was Biden my first choice? No. But it is what it is, right? I mean, just taking a line from Michelle Obama's speech earlier this week. And for me, I'm hopeful about the impact that she can have as a VP. She's strong on combating systemic racism. Like I said, her views on the healthcare system, I think, are a little bit more progressive now and like this with a lot of other things that I try to learn about and try to approach, you know, I try to approach these things, educate myself, talk to others about it, get their perspectives And then, you know, at the end of the day, work to hold these people accountable, whether I like them or not. So, you know, I'm going to be there. Mallory's going to be there. Everyone's going to be there to hold her accountable and kind of see the work that she does. And we're going to do the same for Biden if he's elected. And if y'all have time to kind of check Kamala Harris out, check a little bit more out about her. I did want to also say I think we're all getting to the point where we can pronounce uh, Kamala's name now. And I know when she was running for president, I heard like five million different ways uh, to pronounce her name. And I had to look it up back then. And so I'll say what I saw online is just to think about a comma in a sentence and then add la on the end. So Kamala, that helps you. Once again, thank you guys for listening in. Um, hopefully we'll be doing another podcast soon me and Mallory will be talking about social media and we'll also be wrapping up our conversation on systemic racism as a whole and we'll have some more audio from you all that uh, we got sent in so thanks for listening have a great week stay safe y'all and talk to you soon I wanna try something really quick. When I say one, two, three, we're all gonna say Kamala. Okay. At the same time? Yeah, at the same time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One, two, three. Kamala.
1: Kamala. 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 What? (laughs) You guys are late. One, two, three. Kamala. 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 Kamala.
0: Okay. We'll see how it sounds. Maybe I'll be able to use it. Maybe not.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, are you going to change our, our pronunciation of her name if you can do that? You can't I do
2: know. that. Yeah, 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 yeah.